Ladies and gentlemen, good morning from me. I'm Panos Papazoglou, managing partner from, uh, for EY Ernst Young Greece. Uh, thanking the organizers for ensuring an outstanding panel that will offer us some uh, insight on the outlook of the Greek banking system. Uh, I want to introduce uh, the panelists on uh, uh, the far right is Mr. Ales Francesco Drudi, a principal advisor, ECB. Then we have Leonidas Fragiadakis, CEO of uh, NBG. Christos Megalus, CEO of Piraeus Bank. Nikos Karamouzis, CEO, chairman of Eurobank Regasias and chairman of the Hellenic Bank Association. And last but not least, Vasilis Psaltis, general manager, Alpha Bank. As, as it has been said in the morning in the very first panel, the Greek crisis was a fiscal and mainly competitiveness crisis, which, however, eventually also severely affected the banking sector. The loss of confidence in the economy and political uncertainty led to a massive withdrawal of deposits. Besides, NPLs grew from 12% of total loan exposures in 2009 to 43% as of today. Greek public opinion, encouraged by a large part of the media and most political parties in Greece, were urging the banks to take no action whatsoever to address the NPL's problem, while at the same time accusing them of failing to provide liquidity to the economy. When considering the months ahead of us, these are some of the questions that spring to my mind. Has the Greek society realized that NPLs and the lack of liquidity are very much the two sides of the same coin? Is the legal institutional framework now in place sufficient to allow Greek banks to deal with NPLs? Is it possible to address the issue without provoking a major social crisis? Will Greek banks be able to achieve the target set by the SSM? Will the banking system be in a position in the coming months and years to adequately finance the recovery of the Greek economy? And last but not least, when it comes to, to growth, top-line growth, where are the opportunities in the Greek banking sector? I will ask the representatives of the four systemic banks first to give us, to offer some first insights on the current status of the Greek banking system. Starting from, uh, from uh, Vasilis. Vasilis, your first thoughts. Well, um, thank you, Panos, on that one. I mean, clearly these are the questions uh, um, that you have sort of alluded. And um, I think um, the very issue for the Greek banks is how to master volatility. Um, this has been uh, the name of the game. And um, in my view, the Greek banks have to make decisions across two key strategic directions. The first is to show their ability to manage their NPL's portfolios in a multifaceted way, which is something that they need to approach defensively, but if done conclusively, um, then the chance is that they can move beyond that and reconfigure their franchise. Um, now, in order to do that, obviously, um, they will need to act on three streams in tandem. They will need to address the cooperative and gone concern borrowers, which is one of the key issues, and I'm sure that in the panel that will follow, 
um, from our colleagues on the NPL management, you will see uh, some stunning statistics about what is happening in one of those cases where the strategic defaulters are, um, uh, have found shelter. Um, you see there that judges actually, four out of the ten cases, they do not feel that uh, these are eligible uh, for the bankruptcy law for individuals. Um, and um, that's why it's also why it is so important that we move on with foreclosures. Um, on the one hand, you will have the stick that you will allow, it will allow the banks to move against um, the strategic defaulters, but on the other hand, also it is equally important that this is going to be the basis upon which closing procedures will take place. And this is going to be mainly the strategy um, for this type of cluster of borrowers. Um, then the second uh, stream of action is that uh, we need to restructure potentially viable borrowers. Um, and uh, we need to move away from the cliché of uh, what the Greek banks are doing, of uh, extending and pretending. This is clearly not the case. There are a number of cooperative buyers, uh, uh, borrowers, uh, who are ticking a number of viability boxes, and clearly we need to work with them. Um, and finally, we need also to make sure that we're going to be maximizing liquidity in the sense of going um, where it is needed most. That is important, and it latches upon the point that you made. There is an issue of, of a scarce resource liquidity in Greece, and that's why it has to go there where it is mostly needed. Thank you very much, Vasily. Uh, Nico, some first, first insights on your side. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Um, first of all, um, to have a healthy banking system, you need, you need to have a healthy economy that grows and prospers. So it's critical for our future that um, the Greek economy is getting into a sustainable growth path. Things are improving. Things are getting better as far as the economy is concerned. Progress is recorded. We have to admit it. But in my view, we walk in the right direction while conditions require that we have to run. We need a big major investment shock Private investment and private savings have collapsed. So to recover the economy on a sustainable basis, we need to organize, orchestrate, whatever you call it, an investment shock that has to be in tens of billions of, of euros the next few years to make sure that this is the only way for the Greek economy to get on a sustainable base. So that's the only way for Greek banks to assist it in addressing some of the key challenges ahead of us. As perhaps all you know, um, we, the, the unprecedented crisis inherited us uh, major issues, uh, a, a huge stock of NPLs that is falling, clearly, and we meet the targets, uh, tight liquidity conditions that are improving a lot, and we have to recognize that, capital controls that are still in place, and negative credit expansion that does not help the business and the top line of the banks. On top of that, uh, we have a number of uh, broader pan-European challenges from IFRS 9, the Basel 3, MIFID, the TRIM, PSD 2, calendar, calendar provisioning, say more, um, that we have to implement. Some of them, they have an adverse impact on our capital base. On top of that, we have to face the amazing change in the regulatory framework and also in the technology and the competitive conditions. So Greek banks have to deal not only with the NPL's liquidity and uh, capital controls, they have to prepare themselves to meet the future. And the future is uh, that technology, competition, and regulatory framework and changing preferences of, uh, of investors 
of, of, of clients uh, required a transformation, a major transformation of the banks. Now, closing, here's a caveat I want to say, this is my personal view. Take into account uh, the improving market and economic condition in Greece and the rising probability, which is getting after here to Mr. Castello, Costello, uh, I feel more confident that the Greece, Greece successfully will exit the program in August of 2018. The high and steadily improving capital ratios of the Greek banks, well above the required minimum. The size up level of PPI, pre-provision income, we are not like the Italian banks, we have over 4 billion euros annually pre-provision income, which is a sizable buffer before you touch capital in case you need additional provisioning. On a three-year program, this is a 12 billion euros buffer that you should ignore when you do your, your calculations. We have a very good and rising uh, NPE provision coverage ratio, close to 50% as, as a group. And, uh, Based on all this, personally, I feel confident that the impact of all the upcoming regulatory changes, IFRS 9, uh, TAR, TRIM, and the stress test, uh, stress test results will not, uh, on the Greek banking system, the impact, in my view, will be manageable, will be non-systemic and not disruptive, especially if Greek banks are allowed to manage effectively the lowering of NPEs over time, so we don't do it overnight. We, have, uh, we stick with the program we have committed to lower NPEs by 42 billion euros in three years, 42 billion euros, or 40%. This is big numbers. The target for the next year is 14.3 billion euros reduction of NPEs. This year, all banks have met the, the NPE reduction targets within the program, and two, that uh, any capital uh, shortfall that uh, would come out of these exercises, we have the time to cover it through internal capital generation initiatives and other capital enhancing actions. So overall, uh, although it's a very difficult and challenging period, I believe that we have the capability of dealing with the problems and that uh, Greek banks will come out uh, winners out of this exercise. Thank you very much, Nico. Christo, some first comments? Uh, we, have to, we have to recognize on, on, a, on the macro front uh, where, where we are at this stage. I, I do believe that we, we appear to be at the trough of the cycle. You know, uh, there has been an unprecedented destruction of value in uh, the Greek economy and GDP destruction. It appears that uh, things have... Uh, been stabilizing and uh, going forward, uh, you could say that there is more likely to be upside than downside as, as we go ahead in the next few years. So GDP is expected to grow. We are expecting a modest 1.2% this year, 2.1% uh, possibly in uh, 2018. These are conservative numbers and um, higher than 2.5% in 2019. Real estate prices are stabilizing, both in terms of commercial as well as uh, residential real estate, and economic sentiment indicators are improving. All this is a positive backdrop. The Greek banks have uh, had an unprecedented restructuring uh, carried out over the last few years. Uh, there were a lot of uh, exercises that uh, have carried uh, uh, have been carried out 
significant uh, reduction in terms of cost, downsizing of branches, creation of the ho whole units, whole factories of uh, managing NPLs and NPEs. Uh, I do believe that we, uh, we are at a point where we're going to see a lot of transactions on the NPL front happening next year, which is going to be extremely significant for uh, the reduction of the NPL stock in the banks, which is a key, uh, a really key metric in the way we, we, we are looking at ourselves and uh, the market is looking at us. The legal framework is uh, uh, significantly improved uh, and uh, all of these things that uh, we have been looking at, including the introduction of the electronic auctions, will be helping, helping significantly uh, for next year to uh, work out both in terms of uh, the strategic defaulters addressing the issue as well as generally reducing our uh, stock of NPLs. And finally, and this is evident uh, as uh, we have already one bank out of uh, the ELA and the other banks are uh, following suit, uh, we do have deposits coming into Greece. There were about four billion that uh, came in from the beginning of the year. We expect uh, as stability returns uh, and political stability is, is, is playing a big role, returns into uh, the country, we would expect that 2018 is going to be a much better year for liquidity and uh, ELA reduction. So all in all, uh, given the significant restructuring that uh, has taken place, the downsizing and the rationalization, the, effic <coughs> the efficiency gains that uh, were able to be uh, uh, to be realized. I am more optimistic than ever uh, as far as the Greek banking system is concerned. There are challenges ahead. I do believe that these are manageable challenges. There has been a lot of work that has been carried out from uh, the management of the banks and uh, we are looking confidently uh, uh, on the future. Thank you very much, Christo. Positive messages so far. Leonida, some insight. Do you share these positive messages? Well, I think you cannot be a Greek banker these days and not be optimistic, otherwise yeah. uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. True. All right. Given that uh, this is an Invest in Greece forum, I think it is, uh, it is important that, uh, that people realize uh, that, that banks go through a phase of being able to, to create capital going forward. So system, in my opinion, has gone and is going to go through four phases. The first phase has been up to now, whereby banks have, uh, have addressed cost issues, both on uh, the cost of, of their liability side, as well as operating uh, cost, and have managed to reduce uh, their complexity by virtue of, the, of a divestment plan. This has more or less been now completed. I think in the short term, what is going to be a profitability driver, especially as banks take additional provisions after IFRS 9, is a reduction in the cost of risk. Uh, so in the short term, uh, reduced need uh, for excessive levels of provisioning will drive profitability. Short to medium term, it's going to be a combination of that as well as uh, a look through uh, revenue expansion through expanding their loan books. And medium to long term, it, uh, it will be predominantly driven by growing on the asset side of the balance sheet with all the 
complications that were mentioned earlier regarding uh, the digital transformation of the banking sector. So if you model it like that, I think there are distinct phases uh, in which the banking system will go through. But all in all, given the work that has been done, it is my opinion that banks have meaningfully reached a capital uh, accretive phase. The second point I want to make is um, in regards this, this fixation we have uh, regarding the GDP growth uh, figures. I think it is less important to fixate on whether growth this year or next year is going to be a few basis points off track. What is much more meaningful is to focus on the diffusion of this growth across a wide sector of the across wider sectors of the economy because what we are now seeing is more or less a polarized economy whereby you have high performers having access to capital markets being able to grow their grow their, their profitability on a double digit base while at the same time there's a, there's a middle level a middle to smaller level that is is now in the process of being healed and accessing and creating investment plans. And this is the, the, segment, the segment that I think Greek banks should be focusing on uh, big time. That's it. Thank you very much, Leonida. Francesco, two questions for you. You can obviously comment on, uh, on uh, your, give your, your insights on uh, the current status of the Greek banking system, but I have two questions for you. One, working with, with the Greek banks during the last few years, one has a sense that one sees a situation of constant reviews, stress tests, AQRs, uh, uh, credit reviews, thematic reviews on credits, and so on and so forth. Now, is this something that we could continue in the short term? That's the first question. And the second question is, what is your view on the current NPL management that's happening in, uh, by the Greek banks. Uh, is the, the, the regulatory framework is improved or not? And obviously by comparison to, to, to other countries in South Europe like Portugal, uh, Spain, Cyprus, and other countries. Thank you for the uh, very good and difficult question. Of course, on the first one, I will be brief because it's a if you like, a, a supervisory question on which the answer is that uh, the supervisory action will continue, <laughs> but uh, as it is the case uh, for any other Euro-area country. So, I mean, uh, once you are in the, uh, under the supervision of the system, more or less the, the practices are harmonized, uh, so the, the checking uh, of the health uh, has been, uh, is the, is conducted regularly. Of course, Greece, the, 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 the only exception, of, of course, was the additional AQR because it was the beginning of the program. Mm -hmm. And now there is nothing particular uh, with exception of the fact that the stress test uh, timing uh, is a bit, uh, uh, the stress yeah. test results are front-loaded uh, also for reason uh, related to the program. But this is something that the other banks uh, in Europe are also and they're going, so mm -hmm. that, uh, I would say that. So it, it will continue, we'll like continue to have inspection, but this is the same uh, as much as in other Euro-area countries. Uh, for what concerns the, the, the second uh, topic uh, for the institutional uh, framework uh, for the um, uh, 
NPL reduction. Uh, I, I, a lot of legislation has passed. We can, I can provide a couple of examples which significantly modernize and align the Greek uh, uh, legislation to the international experience. So this is very, very positive. Now, key now is the implementation of uh, this framework. I agree that uh, the legislative uh, uh, activity will abate to some extent. We'll have some amendment here and there, but it will be less uh, active. Uh, let me give some, some example uh, that we are hinted by uh, the previous speaker, that uh, the, 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 the legislation of sale of loans is uh, now bearing some fruits. I mean, we had a very large transaction which have been announced uh, over the past few months, and uh, the number of services continue to increase. Then on the judicial auction that we are, uh, mentioned as well, uh, it was very important that the, the government put in place the framework for electronic auction. We had seen uh, some of them taking place, and it seems they already provide incentive uh, to restructuring uh, to other borrowers, which is very good. Now, what is important is this flow will continue, uh, will not stop, and it's very important that this is a this will be possible throughout the country, not only in one part of the country, uh, basically now is in Athens, Piraeus, because this uh, is a key element to ensure that the credit activity continue unabated uh, throughout the country. So that, that's a, a key issue. And we also hope that a physical auction uh, will, will take place because it's important to provide uh, adequate security, safe, uh, safety for those are conducting this auction. So this is the second uh, element. Third element that I'd like uh, to mention uh, related to this is that the, the, the conduct of, of auction is not in contradiction from the framework of protection of household, uh, especially vulnerable household, which in Greece is quite extensive. So they are not uh, overruling this. They are, uh, uh, they are uh, <coughs> taking care only of those properties which are foreclosed. So the, the protection that is accorded in other, for other reason is not uh, lifted. But it should not, uh, the protection should not be expanded uh, just by saying that uh, auction cannot take place uh, below some value, which is not in the law, which is not uh, uh, what is in the, uh, envisaged by current legislation. And finally, uh, we'd like uh, also to point out that, uh, the, the, as I mentioned, the framework for uh, protection is quite extensive. Uh, we know for the, re the reason, uh, the, the crisis, a uh, number of vulnerable uh, borrowers had difficulties, but should not be abused. Uh, and that uh, is, uh, I think, that uh, some fine-tuning of the framework in the application of the framework is due to avoid that is abused by strategic default. I'm thinking about uh, of the fact that uh, the, uh, the number of cases uh, in front of courts is extremely large now. It's 165,000 cases, mm. more uh, around 250 cases per judge uh, uh, working with this uh, situation, which makes the situation very difficult because they are all incentive uh, to enter the system under the notion that uh, a judicial uh, decision will be taken in years from now. So, mm -hmm. And that has, if you like, has to be revised by strengthening the judiciary, uh, modifying some, uh, if you like, uh, application of norm that uh, facilitate, d does not discourage uh, strategic default. All these uh, elements which I mentioned to me are very important to reestablish uh, a culture of payment, a payment culture, 
as it is in other countries, happening also in other countries, little by little. Mm -hmm. So Greece has to exit the crisis and change the culture which prevailed during the crisis for, for many reasons mm -hmm. and return to, a, if you like, <laughs> to the normality in all, in all respect. So, thank, thank you very much, Francesco. Uh, talking about strategic defaulters, I'm starting from, from your point, and I want a comment from, uh, from all four banks, uh, because we're hearing a lot about this issue. How big is this issue, and uh, how are the banks really addressing this issue in the short term? Is, is it a big chunk of, of, of uh, the NPEs? Uh, and if yes, how are you addressing it? Vasily? Well, um, I think the key point is um, to really appreciate the fact that this uncooperative uh, borrowers, they have made their choices. Now it's time for us also to make ours. Um, the, in order, however, to move there, and as I said before, the statistics that we see so far are really speaking that there is um, a very important chunk being hidden in certain pockets. What we need to have is the stick. And this stick, through the reinvigoration of the foreclosures is going to be there. I mean, Greece is not that it has not been doing foreclosures. Back in 2009, we had 55,000, which last year came only down to 5,000. Um, so these uh, recent developments are very important, um, as we have heard from Francesco, not just to reinstate uh, the payment culture, but also to pave the way for closing procedures. Closing procedures is going to be the way forward, and those strategic defaulters, as closing procedures will approach, will surface, and will do, we believe, restructurings um, that are going to be commensurate to the true financial position. Thank you. Nico? Um, based on estimates, uh, I think most people would say that 30% of the portfolio could be strategic defaulters. So of the NPE portfolio of around 100 billion euros, you can calculate that 25 to 30 billion euros could be strategic defaulters of any kind or sort. Number two, I would agree um, with Vasilis that we need a stick. Uh, before we reach an auction, we have tried several times to cooperate with the debtor. Before we sell a loan, we have tried several times to uh, reschedule the loan, and uh, all those rescheduling have not been uh, honored by the debtor. So when we get to the point we need the stick, we need to have the ability to sell a loan, which terrifies some strategic defaulters, to a third party, especially the foreigners, which is in Greece, I consider more hard animals than why we are, um, and also to have the auction process. Without the auction process, a proper functioning liquidation and auction process, I'm afraid that our work become very difficult. So we need the stick. The stick is well-defined. We got to proceed that. Uh, it's amazing that in Greece, in 2009, we had 58,000 auctions of, of uh, non-performing uh, assets, and no one was complaining. This year, barely we reached 7,000 auctions, and everybody is complaining with five times uh, uh, greater NPE portfolio, at least. Everybody's complaining that, uh, that uh, we do the auction. So there is no other way if we want to get the strategic defaulters under control and get the banks out of the problem. We got to have a proper liquidation process functioning and working. Thank you. Christo? Yeah, I mean, uh, re restoring the credit culture in, uh, in this country, in Greece, is key for the future both of the economy 
of the banking system, but also of every, everyone who was a proper good uh, payer of debt and, and he wouldn't like to see you know, strategic defaulters surfacing in, in all sorts of, uh, of loans. Uh, you know, the uh, percentage is, is uh, close to this 30% that we are talking about. We have already situations where people came to the table of negotiation uh, under the threat of, uh, uh, of, of an auction. Uh, that's why we, we give an enormous importance of being able uh, to uh, continue with uh, the electronic auctions, use it as a means both of negotiation as well as actual uh, result, and uh, it's going to be extremely helpful in restoring the credit culture. Without this, we cannot function as a proper economy uh, and, and we cannot grow at all. Thank you. Leonida. Right. Um, I, I want to refrain from, uh, from, uh, from wrapping the whole concept with, uh, with a set of, moral, uh, of, of morality here. I mean, after all, free markets are about individuals trying to maximize themselves. So the key here is, one, there, there should be a, uh, a stick for the purposes of incentive alignment, but at the same time, there should be on, on behalf of the banks, products on offer that, uh, that end up with some equity being left on the part of, uh, of debt holders. I want to share an interesting factoid. I, we see that on certain situations we offer uh, long-term restructurings uh, with products that uh, have embedded conditional write-offs. The, the installments uh, that are being offered on occasions are not being uh, justified by uh, reported incomes. However, because the products lead to a net equity for the debt holder at the end of the day, these supposedly high installments are being honored. Somehow people find the money to service them. So I think what is important here is for us to concentrate on, uh, on products. I repeat, there should be a stick for uh, incentive alignment because it is a fact that our payment culture has deteriorated over the past years for, for many reasons which uh, are not of this table. Uh, but I do sense that as banks become more uh, aggressive with the products they offer, what we now term as strategic defaulters will come into the table. Not for any other reason, but because they will see uh, their own economic self-interest being served. Thank you, Leonid. And a very last question on my, my side, because you mentioned uh, operating costs as one of the drivers for improving uh, the performance of, of the banks in the last years. Obviously, you are all competing banks, and you're trying to maximize the value of your own bank. What we see, though, globally, uh, recently, is banks to co-compete. What I mean by that? Banks sharing cost and investments, where it makes sense, to maximize returns. For example, we have seen cases of common white-labeled ATM infrastructure in Nordics, shared between banks out of main cities, sharing costs of training in academies, using competitors as channels, etc. What is your view on this kind of cooperation with the Greek market? Vasily? Well, um, 
following NPL, which is clearly the first strategic direction. The second um, is to redefine the value proposition, and I think one, one element is clear. Um, the Greek bank cannot continue offering everything for everyone. So within that context, they need to make decisions, and clearly the decision has to be which are the core segments, and which are segments that could be going down the path that you have described. Um, this is something that the Greek banks uh, are putting more and more thinking, resources, but you need also to have uh, a clear mind in order to do that. And um, that moves forward from, from the NPL. Um, in our view, the deleveraging, for example, that we have seen from the Greek bank is not something that it happened out of our own will. It was imposed as a burden sharing uh, due to the stated assumption that we did from DigiCom. So essentially, we have not gone fully yet on that phase. We are reducing the platform, but we are not yet adjusting the platform. This segmentation that I've just described is the next step, which will lead to a redesign of the platform, and decisions along the way you described will take place. Thank you. Nico? I would agree with Vasilis. That's an area that the Greek banking system um, has not been very successful. That's the reality, in my view. There are areas when uh, scalability of business is necessary to be profitable. And so banks have decided uh, down the line, uh, in a better climate, areas that perhaps we can create joint ventures and uh, work together in specific um, areas. It's, it's an interesting concept. Thank you. Christo? Well, the, the future for, uh, for the Greek banks, like uh, European banks, we have to invest in technology, we have to create efficiency improvements, we have to try and, and uh, you know, uh, look into customer retention and management. We are facing competition for digital platforms from the likes of Amazon and, uh, and, and, and other, uh, you know, market uh, participants that are increasingly coming into our fray. So, you know, we, we have to move towards uh, some sort of uh, cooperation. We've done some work on the front of uh, NPL, NPE management, and we are looking at some common flat platforms. That's the only area where, out of necessity, I would say, you know, we moved on. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we need to uh, deploy a lot of uh, investment in the future, and that's uh, a way to look at this uh, by, by, by doing what you just suggested. Thank you. Leonida? Uh, I think that... As an idea, it's, uh, it's a pretty interesting one, at least in, in, uh, in theory. Um, listen, the, the, the elephant in the room here is, as, as I pointed out before, is about provision, reverse, provision uh, reduction and uh, handling our NPE issue. Now there, uh, banks have made significant moves in trying to cooperate. Uh, going down the road, hopefully this will work out, then we can definitely be looking into other areas that uh, will allow us to contain costs. But by far, uh, the biggest problem that we have to deal short term is, is this, and this is the area where we should be cooperating. Because, because the way, the way loans, loans and PEs are right now, most, most of them are syndicated, so cooperation is crucial. Francesco? Yes, uh, no, just briefly, of course, uh, the uh, banking sector is a uh, sector with uh, uh, several banks because uh, we, we want to see competition. But uh, at the same time, I have to say that in a situation like uh, at present, uh, um, where the main, uh, one of the main tasks, sorry, one of the main tasks is to reduce the, the uh, 
level non-performing loan, you should uh, envisage some sort of uh, cooperation, in, uh, especially when you have a borrower with multiple uh, banking relationships. Otherwise, uh, you, cannot, uh, uh, you cannot tackle the, this issue. I, I'm actually thinking whether in the context of uh, uh, further uh, initiative, uh, what could think about the, the, some amendment in regarding the secrecy of uh, information when uh, you have uh, you, are, you enter a protection scheme because uh, this is what I was saying is that you, you should avoid the abuse that uh, of this system. Sure. So something could be could be still uh, reflected. Thank you very much. Can we get one question, very short question, from the floor? One question. Yes, gentleman over there. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the breakup of the new loans that you issue and what sectors are they distributed? We heard about real estate and technology. Can you elaborate a little bit? What's the percentage of loans that you... Who wants to take the, answer, the question? Nico, Christo? Uh, we, see, you know, we see interest uh, on uh, uh, hospitality. Uh, so, you know, the hotel sector is, is definitely an area where we see a lot of interest um, coming through. Uh, in our portfolio, uh, uh, being an, uh, predominantly uh, quite strong in the SMEs, uh, I must say that uh, 2017 uh, was a positive surprise for us. We are running at a run rate of about 20% uh, higher than what the budget was in new financings in the SME market in Greece, which uh, I consider this to be a very uh, positive development uh, for, for the future. And uh, there you see a lot of uh, uh, interest uh, for, for new credit uh, in uh, agricultural sector, uh, especially in northern Greece, uh, hospitality, uh, some um, uh, high-tech and um, uh, uh, the area of uh, uh, technology that, uh, and uh, pharmaceuticals as well as uh, oil products. These are the areas where we see uh, demand for credit <coughs> a, a little bit more than uh, the years before. Thanking the panelists for the interesting discussion. We have to conclude here the panel. Thank you very much, all of you. <laughs>